Welcome to the School for Mystics podcast with Misha Saido and Marina Galan. In this podcast, Marina and I will share with you unique and contrarian perspective of how our lives really work. Hello, my love. Hello, Misha. How are you today? I told you, I am confused. Should I get a dog or a third child or both? <laughs> Go for both. Yeah. We agreed on that. Yes. Yes. You have cat and dog and three children and a lot of other stuff, I guess. <laughs> and an ex-husband and a boyfriend. And yeah. a few a few boyfriends. A few boyfriends. There you go. Yeah, that's that's yeah. way more like it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself. And you always have your own back, right? Well, I, I that's the only back I have, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I want to talk about today. Having your, your own back and love for life. Having your own back and love for life. What What... What does that mean to you, love for life? I think in different periods of my life, it meant different things. Okay, what does it mean now? Now it's more about appreciating what you have. Before, it was more about appreciating what you do not have. Well, that's a huge difference, isn't it? It is. In terms of quality of life, yeah, for sure. You know, I heard, I think yesterday I heard this phrase that if your neighbor has a greener grass, it is not grass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And this is exactly what I learned as I was getting everything I wanted from life. I realized that that was the illusion in the first place. Absolutely. Well, the core of the whole thing is, can we get what we are? Exactly. Can we find what we are? We can Nobody's. find it, but yeah, we cannot yeah. get it. We cannot accomplish it. But we can realize it. Yes, we can notice and fully realize in the end. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I heard a teacher once say that in times of drought, hydrate. <laughs> you know? And it sounded so simple, but it has everything to do with what, what you just said. Like, are you going to look at what you don't have? Or are you going to look at what you have? Yeah. And and this this man showed me a huge lesson in time and attention. Like whatever you want to grow, pay time and attention to. Because whatever you pay time and attention to will grow. So if you pay time and attention to what you are lacking then your lack 
will certainly, most definitely grow. It is like attention is main construction material for manifestation. Say more about that. Where you focus, you have the result, right? So if let's say I told you we, we've got a new house, right? And I realized that, hey, actually that has been always my dream. I am a builder and teacher by nature. And we didn't get a new house to move in. We got a new house to first demolish it and then build a new one. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Oh my God. And this is like everywhere in life, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You, you take it down and you build a new. Well, you can take it down or, or it will take itself down eventually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then to build a new, it needs a lot of your attention. Let's say I am learning so much. Let's say before I didn't know that, hey, you need to actually like to demolish any house, which is logical. You need a permit. <laughs> Logically, yes. <laughs> you need to excavate the old foundation. Of course. You need to get a new permit to have a new foundation. Makes sense. And you need to design your new house first from mechanical, engineering, and architectural point of view. And then you, once you have the frame and the roof and the windows and doors, that's the moment when you will be drywalling and move into the uh, interior stage. And that needs a lot of tenacity and attention to figure that out. Because you see, I'm not hiring that out. You're not? No. You're doing it all yourself? I'm doing everything I can myself. Well, what can't you do? I decide what I cannot do based on my interest and intensity of it. For instance... The intensity of your interest. Exactly. Probably I can forge a new glass myself for the window, but this is not where my interest is. Got right? it. Yeah, I understand. So I will like I will buy windows from somewhere else. Right. At the same time, I don't want to outsource architectural and design job. I want first to use my pen and you know, and paper and write or draw it myself and use my family to send ideas, to throw ideas at me. And once I have drawn that down, I will give it to architect. So that's the approach I'm taking. And you see, it takes a lot of attention. And a lot of time. Yeah. And what, this is what I mean by saying that attention is the glue for manifestation. Oh, right. Okay. Attention is the glue for manifestation. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And the other thing I would say is 
when you are operating from a place of lack, when you are actually seeing lack, you're not looking at the whole picture. Because if you actually look up and, you know, the, the famous Buddhist koran of what is this moment lacking? If you look at your immediate surrounding, well, you can say, I am lacking a cup of coffee. But if you, if you ample your perspective and you start looking wider and wider and wider, you will eventually see the whole universe. And what is lacking now becomes a completely absurd and irrelevant question. Like all the resources are available right now. Why, Marina? I I don't know about your experience, but why I have recognized that only when I got it. Meaning, I was surviving in lack of everything for many, many years. And then some, somehow I pushed through, through some divinity and I got everything I always wanted. And only when I got it all, I realized there was no lack in the first place. Why couldn't I understand that in the position of deficiency at that time? Life would have been way easier and of a better quality. I understand, but but that seems to be the natural way of things. Like we experience illusion until we come out of it. No? It's like <laughs> this saying that, hey, money would not bring you happiness, right? And then you say, yeah, I know that, but I would like to experience that myself first. <laughs> yeah, my brother says... Money cannot bring you happiness, especially if there's little of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, Misha. So falling in love with life starts with looking at life, starts with looking at what there is, starts with looking at abundance, starts with looking at the fact that everything is available to us right now. And we can just create whatever we want with it. We may not be able to control circumstance. We may not be able to control our thinking. And we may not be able to control our experience in the moment. But, oh my God, are we capable of enjoyment that was impossible to imagine five minutes ago? Yeah. Tell me about your love for life. What were the uh, recent realizations you had? I know you've taken this journey a while back. What were the insights that were coming fresh for you? Well, I think I, I just became more aware No, that's not correct. I became aware of conditioning that was unconscious. Like I really have been paying time and attention to unearthing unconscious conditioning. Like 
you know, pulling the carpet, let all the dust out, uh, invite the shadow side of your life into the light, bring it, bring it forward. Let's see what there is there. And I have been discovering so much thinking that I did not know I had on so many levels and and becoming aware of this thinking, becoming aware of this conditioning has just set me free completely. And I have, I am so aware of how we make up things right now. Like we make up what our relationships should look like. We make up what our job should look like. We make up what our family should look like. We make up what our house should look like. But it is made up. Yeah. It is completely and absolutely made up. And so we go through life, you know, comparing what we are finding with our beliefs of how things should be. And that does not allow us to fall in love with what is. So the more I have let go of how I think things should be, and the more I have become present to what actually is, I have become a total nutcase for life. And I cannot believe the amount of joy and beauty that I am witnessing and that I am experiencing. Like I wake up in the morning and I can cry with excitement of saying, oh my God, life is here again. It came out to play and it's knocking on my door saying, come out and play with me. What am I going to do? What will I find today? Who will I meet? What, what words will I hear? What music will I discover? What colors will I see in you? And all my senses are so engaged, so engaged with life. And at the same time, I am, I am drawing my consciousness to the whole process of enjoyment. So I am, I am enamored with the process of enjoyment to the point where enjoyment is where I have my time and attention right now. This sense of awe and wonder and, and just surrendering to the beauty of it all. And because I am paying attention to that capacity in me, that capacity seems to be growing. I wonder if you have the same experience as I have every day. I want to wake up because I want to unwrap like a gift today. And the feeling I have is like around the corner is a present waiting for me. I just need to make the next step and allow this day to surprise me. And generally, this day never fails to surprise me. Every next minute, something incredible happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was reading yesterday that, 
I did not like the the words they were using, but I, I really enjoyed the concept. So they were saying, living without money is hard and making money is hard. Choose your hard. Exercising every day is hard. Being out of shape is hard. Choose your hard. Yeah. And they kept going and going. I don't like the idea of hardness because I don't like the idea of struggle. But but I would put it that way. So it requires effort to exercise every day. And it requires effort to be out of shape. Yes. There are different kinds of efforts. So what kind of effort are you willing to make? Right? But Misha, because I am so keen on observing joy and and um, my capacity to enjoy. I have come to the point of enjoying the most absurd things like insomnia or exhaustion or sadness or anger. You know, I, I really am enjoying them deeply, deeply. I have... I have learned to harvest joy from that. And it is blowing my mind. Yeah. You remember once we had this conversation in which you explain how awareness works and the idea that we get attracted to moving things instead of seeing the backdrop yeah so let's say if there is black dot on on white the way our mind works currently is that we see only the the black dot because we're so attracted to the movement and we don't see what is surrounding the dot but if you take a step back you'll see the white behind the black and you'll see and you will appreciate how beautiful it is and that actually there is black because white allows that to exist or vice versa right there is white because black blackness allows that to exist and i think i understand what you're talking about yesterday i already complained i said like i turned my muscle in the place that I didn't even know exists, you know, in my body. Um, But I realized that there is no pain anymore since for me, there is no point of reference to see that as a, as, as pain. Yes. There is a certain reaction in my body and I see my, probably my nerve is swollen and there is a signal that is translating from my leg to my brain so I can identify where it is coming from. But if there is no point of reference, if I don't see that as pain and there is only observation there, there is no pain anymore. And you become curious and interested in your experience versus suffering or struggling through. Yeah, another another way of, of saying that, Misha, would be you become less interested in the content and you become more interested in the process. Yeah. So 
if you if you look at your eyes and what they are seeing, you can focus on what they are seeing or on the the capacity of vision. And focusing on the capacity of vision, then the object of vision becomes only the the necessary. What is the word I am looking for? Stimuli. Yeah, stimuli, like the, the pretext mm -hmm. for vision. Yeah. And so I, in, in my exploration of my capacity for joy, I am expanding in ways I had no idea were possible. And to understand that the levels of enjoyment and happiness and love for life that I am enjoying right now can actually be more intense and grow blows my mind away. Like I can This is really imagine. interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Like I thought it's kind of the set point, like the, okay, you get to this level and there is nothing beyond it. No, Misha. No, we just can't see it yet. We just can't imagine a wider enjoyment. We cannot imagine a, a larger happiness. But that just shows you how incredibly limited our imagination can be, right? Someone once asked me an incredibly interesting question, which was, if you could design another sense to to perceive reality how would you design it oh i love it and the more i thought about that question the more i realized i have no clue of what other ways reality could be perceived how am i going to do this right i saw that it was impossible i could only make combinations of them you know yeah. like a taste color or listen to shapes i don't know but yeah it, it, actually you just read my mind i was thinking oh so cool i want to see vibrations i want to see energy but it's like right. still vision right it's I still vision some type of vision <laughs> yeah and i heard i heard the story once uh in which a teacher had asked a classroom what can a blind man see And they had all given their ideas and, and interpretations of that, right? So like shadows or mm -hmm. all black and things like that. But the teacher's answer was very insightful. And this is what he said. Now, I want you to feel this answer, okay? A blind man can see what you can see with the nape of your neck. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like completely new dimension of nothingness. Do you see? <laughs> wow. I can't even imagine that. Exactly. That's my point. We cannot imagine beyond what we know. And so in order to access the unknown, we have to let go of those limitations. Yeah. And, and, here's, and, here's a, and here's a twist on things. 
so we can we can remain in the game in the game of ever expanding the limitations of what we can imagine sounds rhetorical but okay bear with me we can stay in the game of expanding those limitations but we can also begin to look at the possibility of the limitations just disappearing and realizing totality yeah totality is a mind-blowing concept I remember the day I discovered that in my head, eternity had a beginning. It had no end, but it had a beginning. And the second I looked at that beginning and I saw, and I thought, I saw just how made up it was. It was like, oh, there can be no beginning. And then there was totality. The only way I can explain it is through vision. Like the totality of my vision got filled up with eternity. But I will use the example of this teacher and the question about what the blind man can see to, to point to how limited my vision is. Anyone's vision is. Yeah. So the idea of being completely in love with life and experiencing enjoyment to the levels at which I am experiencing it and knowing that they can grow larger and that they could disappear fills me with wonder. In coaching, what we are doing with our clients is that we are changing their points of reference, right? Points of use, points of understanding, and what you're saying is that the way is not having a point at all. Well, realizing that a point is a point because a point of view is inevitable. Yeah. A reference is inevitable. But understanding that it is just a point frees us from that point and brings all the other possibilities into the game. You know what is going in my mind now? Before we started recording the podcast, I said, Marina, I think I'm getting older. And now, as we are talking about these points of reference, the immediate idea I had, but what if I'm getting younger? Imagine that. Because that's actually about where you're looking from. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So that's every, interesting. Every, everything in the universe, we can only see in reference to something else. Yes. Right? I was, I was listening to a teacher say recently that my ears evoke sound out of the universe. Because sound would be non-existent without my ears. And my eyes evoke color and shape out of the universe. And so the relationship between the universe and me becomes incredibly interesting. And I have been reflecting a lot lately on the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Hmm. 
in terms of energy. Like I really wanted to understand them, you know, not from the shamanic mumbo jumbo point. Oh, you're, you're not. <laughs> no, but like really from energy. So I've been reading about this and I've been, you know, looking. looking but do you think there is a difference? Like there is masculine and feminine energy. Do you think there is different type of it? Well, I don't, I don't enjoy calling it masculine and, and feminine. I think that there, there's just different ways in which energy manifests, but it's still energy. Yeah. But what I have loved about this exploration has been the, the understanding of the divine feminine. Now listen to this, because this is a paradox in and out of itself. As the creation of voids. What? Yeah, so <laughs> stay, stay with me, Misha, come on. A void will be filled. Yes. No matter where it appears in the universe, it will be filled because nature abhors a void and it fills it, right? Yes. And so... The idea of the, of the divine feminine as a void. I mean, physiologically, women are voids that are waiting to be filled by the masculine. Yes? Mm -hmm. But energetically, so if you are swimming with a baby in water and you walk backwards, you create this void in which the whole pull of the water brings the baby forward. Yes. So you see, the creation of voids, like the strategic creation of voids so that they get filled up by. So I've been wondering whether time and attention is a way of creating voids, you see? So if I am looking at my process of enjoyment and my capacity of enjoyment, I am creating a void around it so that it so that it grows, so that it gets filled with it, because I am not paying attention to anything else. Yes. And so there is your void, which must be filled by the energy that you are evoking in this idea of evoking manifestation out of the universe. Wow. It's like... It is all coming to you instead of you coming anywhere, going anywhere. That's the whole point. Void creation. Huh. Do you remember the story of the Hokuleas? Yeah. They were allowing things to come to them by creating a vision. And the vision is a hole, is a void that needs to be filled by the form. Hmm. What is the difference for you between attention and desire? Let's say you desire something and you want that come to you versus you're paying attention to something and that comes to you. Well, I, I don't want to get lost in semantics, but desire seems to have a connotation of um, neediness behind it. Like I need this. Yeah. So there, there seems to be, and it's not entirely a sense of lack because desire springs from wholeness mm -hmm. and, and abundance, but, but desire has all this 
interpretations of I must get it. I must. So there is an urgency. There is a, there is a conditionality to it. Like I will not be okay unless. And I think it's the opposite of that. It's the other way around. So part of my falling in love with life experience currently as it is happening, I was talking to one of my sons yesterday about it. And I don't remember the question that he asked, but it was somewhere in the terms of, of uh, free will regarding enjoyment of life. And I really saw that what, what was happening for me, what is happening for me right now, is that I have chosen to have a spectacular life, regardless of circumstance, regardless of my thinking, regardless of my experience of it. I have chosen to live a spectacular life. And that has brought enormous clarity in terms of what I want to pay time and attention to. Because if I want a magnificent, miraculous life, I really don't want to pay attention to complaining. I really don't want to pay attention to anger. I really don't want to pay attention to people that operate in victim mentality. Like, that's the life they're choosing. Good for them. Super happy for you. Kudos. I want a spectacular life. And that has gotten me in touch with everything that makes me come alive. Everything that feels spectacular to me. What feels spectacular to you? Well, I am going to tell you what I did yesterday. Tell me. I hired a singing teacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because singing feels spectacular to me. I get it. Like I've been doing a lot. I've been yoga and swimming and meeting with friends and having amazing conversations and reading and and hugging my kids and and you know running my fingers through their hair. But oh my god, singing sounds so cool, you know? Like yeah, when I am sure. singing in the shower and I start singing and I don't reach the note, I so wish I could. I desire <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And so the, that capacity to express emotion through voice sounds fascinating to me and that sounds spectacular that feels spectacular it is very similar to the way how esther hicks explains or abraham hicks mm -hmm. explain the idea of uh, law of attraction it is basically that Everything comes to you through your attention and not a deficiency or feeling of lack. There you go. Basically, if you feel that you need something, it is not a void. It is basically like energy of some sort. Right. You're getting more of what you need, which is neediness, 
right? If you're abundant, you will get more abundance. And as you create voids through your desires, you'll feel abundant. Then life gives it. I like what you're saying, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. If the starting point is abundance, then we can understand ourselves as expressions. Mm. Whereas if the starting point is lack, we will understand ourselves as pursuit. Yes. Yes? So if wholeness and abundance is true and we are expressions, what we express is what will be reflected back to us. Do you see? Yeah. And so if I am expressing lack, neediness... You'll see lack in return. I will see lack and neediness in return. Somehow it feels like my decision to have a spectacular life has forced me to actually look for the spectacular in everything and everyone around me. And it's not a lack of love for the people that play like victims or lack of compassion. No, it's an it's a true, honest recognition of what they are choosing and a radical respect for what they are creating through that. It's just that I am interested in creating and expressing something completely different. Hmm. One of the questions that I can read in the minds of our listeners is how do you keep wanting and stay abundant? But I am not wanting. I'm I, am just, I am just enjoying abundance. I am just enjoying abundance, and the more I enjoy it, the more I see of it, and the more I see of it, the more I enjoy it, and the more I enjoy it, the more I see of it. It's it's unbelievable what this has done. But we, we talked about that, that you still might have certain desires. It is not that you need or want, but it's just you desire. Yeah, but desire expressed as an expression. You see, like this natural movement that comes when you are resting in the space of completeness and wholeness, mm -hmm. there is a natural movement to express that completion, that wholeness, yes. that totality. I think this is super important, Marina, to and explain the difference that desire is natural movement towards. Yes, natural movement towards. I love that. And, and it's an expression of, right? So the, the, the mystical Sufis, they realize abundance is absolute. It is total, like, you know, like the whole thing. But then what follows, but then what follows is, well, if abundance is the starting point, there is just expression left. And the mystical Sufis said, the only way to express abundance is through creation. Yes. And it's paradoxical that expression could be creation, but but it is. It is. There's no other way, right? There's 
no other way. How else you can express yourself if you're not creating? Yeah. So the idea that we can actually pay attention to something and then that, that what that will be what will create automatically is just fascinating. Did I tell you that I like my favorite word in English is end? And end, I use it everywhere. I love my current house and I'm building a new one. There you go. So the third child and the dog. And the dog. <laughs> and the new house. But sometimes you also need to know when to stop. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, in, th in this recognition, you know, I don't, I don't see the universe learning to stop. <laughs> I was with, with a couple of friends, uh, this past weekend and they are incredibly informed people and they were presenting amazing arguments about you know the the uh, mass extinction that we are mm. undergoing and just how many species are disappearing every day etc and it was kind of a bummer a little bit of a bummer but on my way back home i was thinking oh my god they're right 200 species are disappearing every day but we have no idea of how many are being are appearing you know how many yeah. are coming into life every day yeah there might be more than 200 and what does that bring then to the table right yeah i i remember the other day i was looking at how my nephew smiles and i noticed that he doesn't have thanks you know like the uh, how you call this, uh, these teeth that like, like a wolf or like a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm looking at him and, and I'm counting, like I notice myself counting his teeth and I see he doesn't have them. Like he has four, like four minus minus four teeth that are like, are so usual for me. You know, like, and then I ask my, my, my brother, his father, I'm like, did you like pull them out? <laughs> like, where are the fangs? You know, like, what are the things? Like, you have them. Like, why did you pull them out? And he's like, oh no, dude, like you are outdated. A lot of new children that are born today, they don't have them by evolution. They don't need them anymore. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, no way. And I Googled that. And it's he true? was right. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know. It's like the percent is huge. It's like it was 2% and then it was 5% and then this is 10%. It's not like 15%. Wow. Can you imagine that? Is this, is this something, is it worldwide phenomenon? But yeah, yeah, it's like like it's not like the Ukrainian and he like we don't have fangs. It's it's like hey, you never know what Ukrainians might or might not need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like 
it is ongoing thing. Wow. That is so interesting. I hadn't heard that. I will look it up. And it's, it's evolution is happening in front of your eyes. Yeah. Now it's like this is it. And another article I, I was reading lately about the state of demographics and like European are Europeans are dying and you know uh, and Asians, Indians and Africans they are they're becoming the major like nation or population or race. And also the um, uh, at the same time in this article they were showing the strengths of human immunity really? to diseases and viruses is going and progressing really fast. Hmm. And it happens so that, hey, actually, even though we brought, as Europeans, we brought so many diseases to America, right? And that's that's why the the you know the uh, original the native population got extinct. Now Europeans got it getting extinct. Wow! Just Man. because of that, and I'm like, look, I have no regret. And and there was like there were a lot of comments and people saying, oh, we need to like to keep this race and it is so beautiful. And I'm like, fuck that! I want to go with evolution. <laughs> there you go. It's unstoppable. Every every form perishes. Exactly. Every form perishes. Why go against that? Yeah. It was not constant in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if in 10 years uh, you don't have teeth and kind of become toothless or teethless, you just say, hey, I, I was born like that. Yeah, you know that. I am I am the first evolutive break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big breakthrough. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what we're gonna talk about next time? I don't know. Shall we talk about drugs, sex, and rock and roll again? <laughs> All right, let's do that. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. And and masturbation and self-injury and all of that. Let's put it all together. All right. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Okay. Thank you, Marina, for the day. Thank you, Misha. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the School for Mystics podcast.